Hey, good morning, everybody. Come on in. Come on in. Let's get comfortable. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I am excited. Today is um, a great day to talk about the stock market. Uh, there's some good news and uh, there's probably some bad news somewhere. So, <laughs> so I'll give you a mix. It'll end up being a mixed bag, I'm sure. Um, so uh, let's see. So what you can do, guys, as you come in is you can put your questions in the Q&A section. And when you do, uh, that will um, allow me to see your questions. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Let me. Um, all right. Okay, there we go. All right. Okay, so who's in here today? Who do we have? Let's see here. We have. Um, I see Adrian and Amanda, Arno, Bays, Kendall Green. Good to see you, Kendall Green. They have a great family. I follow your son on uh, TikTok, by the way. Byron Jackson, Cedric, Mr. Jan Jasmine. Good to see you, Patrick, uh, Chris Long, Christian, Terrell, Edna Sanders, Elaine, Michael Watkins, Nellie Moore. Uh, let's see, Justin Pender. Good morning, Emily Mack, El Hodge. Uh, let's see, Eric Travis, uh, Ranthon. Uh, good to see you, uh, Greg, Natasha, Sydney, Terrell. Trinae Armstrong. Uh, good morning to everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So how are your stocks doing? How's your portfolio doing today? Is it, are you, are you just killing it, making a ton of money? Are you kind of squeamish? Uh, are, are things going good, bad uh, in the middle? Um, I'd be curious to know. It, it's, um, it's an interesting market right now. It looks like uh, for certain assets, there's a little bit of a pullback, but uh, overall I, I have to look and see what the overall Dow is looking like. And uh, I'll kind of give you, Got some insights in terms of what I've been seeing, what I've been reading. And uh, also, if you go, uh, if you log in at the blackstockmarketprogram.com, look under what Dr. Boyce is buying. There's a list of stocks. Okay, so the market went up slightly today. Okay, so there's a tiny little, tiny little rise. Right, and um, and uh, let's see here. And uh, uh, okay, and uh, and so if you log in and you look under what Dr. Boyce is buying, you'll be able to find some stuff. That I recommended. I'm going to put another list of stocks up for this week, um, probably five. Uh, there are a lot of good deals, I think, right now because uh, the market's stuttering a little bit. The I just saw a report by Goldman Sachs where they're actually anticipating that the S&P 500 is going to have another good year. And I think it has to do with the fact that they expect that the Fed is going to uh, reduce interest rates. So remember, we spent a couple of years with the Fed increasing, or sorry, increasing interest rates, which was causing the market to drop. Well, now they're going to go in the opposite direction, they believe. And uh, also what's interesting is that if there's what they call a black swan event, like if something bad happens in the Middle East, uh, you know, the war breaks out. And I saw evidence the war could be widening. We could actually be going to war. Uh, that will actually accelerate the Fed's decision to lower interest rates because they don't want the economy to crash. Uh, because if there is a war, that's probably one of the things that would happen. You would see the stock market kind of kind of drop a little bit. Um, and also, for those of you that like to sell stock options and stuff like that, just know tonight we're doing at 8 p.m. stock options, uh, how to sell stock options for beginners. Uh, it's called Prime 101. And, uh, and in a second, what I'll do is I'll share the link with you all if you want to uh, join us in that class. All the Prime members get in free. So uh, if you're in a member, if you're a member of Prime, just go log in at drboysprime.com and you should be able to find the link. And what I'll even do is I'll even put the, put that information into the chat for you. So, so uh, if you have a question, feel free to put your question in the Q&A section and uh, and we'll get started uh, on that, too. So let's see here. What's the first question I see? All right. So Christian says, what's your recommendation for the right mix of asset allocation? 60 percent stocks, 20 percent real estate, 20 percent liquid stock options portfolio. First of all, I, I don't I don't hate that portfolio. It, Christian, it, uh, the way you allocate, the way you set up your asset allocation is largely connected to how old you are and what your risk tolerance is. So people that like a lot of risk, uh, they might end up having, um, you know, a, a portfolio that is, uh, that that has, say, you know, tech, a lot of tech stocks in it or small cap companies that tend to be riskier, things like that. Um, those who are more conservative or say a little bit older might lean toward companies that uh, that are more like these older dividend paying cash cows, like the Coca Colas or or the Exxon Mobiles and things like that. Uh, I do I think twenty uh, percent real estate is okay uh, theoretically. Maybe increasing that a little bit to maybe thirty percent could be a little better. 
Uh, the 20% in the liquid stock options portfolio, uh, I think it would depend on whether or not most of your options transactions are on the buy side or the sell side. Um, if you're talking about the buy side where you're, you're speculating and taking a lot of highly leveraged positions that may or may not work out for you, then um, then that's different from having your options portfolio set up in a way that's that's conservative, where it actually reduces your overall risk. OK, so uh, I know that that's kind of an ambiguous answer, but for the most part, it's really not so much a matter of me telling you exactly what the allocation should be. It's more so me telling you like what effect each thing sort of has in your allocation. So the, let's say, for example, if a person came to me and said, um, you know, I am, um, if they say I'm 50% stocks, my next question would be, well, what kind of stocks are you talking about? Right. Because stocks are like, um, animals in the forest. There are different kinds of animals. There are bumblebees and then there's elephants. So I'd like to know what kinds of stocks that you're invested in. So let's say that they had you know, 30, 40% of their portfolio in the S&P 500, and then the rest was in stocks that are smaller cap. And then let's say out of that next 50%, they had say 30, 40% in real estate, let's say 35% in real estate. And then let's say another 15% in some sort of high action liquid options based portfolio that was either um, designed for speculation or, or income or a mixture of the two. I wouldn't hate that. I, I wouldn't hate that. Not investing advice, but um, but I do believe that having your money in some and then and then maybe having some money in some sort of um equity scenario, right? Maybe your side hustle or your business. Remember, that's part of your allocation strategy, also. So uh so give me one second here. Okay, so so ultimately, um if you want to uh, talk about my own portfolio, um, I probably, if I had to guess, I would guess that I was maybe 50% stock and about 40% real estate and then 10% in my options portfolio, I, I guess, I guess. But even then, my thought process is um, more so about diversity uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, it's it's diversity, but it also can evolve based on what the needs are. So every part of my portfolio serves a different purpose. I don't like my real estate so much, to be honest with you, just because real estate is not a fun area of investment for me. It's okay, but it's just like watching grass grow. You just own this property and you wait for it to go up in value. That's not very much fun. I like stocks because it's just, it's it's an interest of mine and I wrote a whole dissertation on stocks. So I'm into stocks. Um, I like the options because the option stuff gives me income. And then every now and then, sometimes I'll gain an appetite for risk and speculation. So I'll do something risky. Like I might, you know, if I read something and I feel like Apple stock is going to have a good earnings announcement, maybe I'll buy some uh, some out of the money call options on Apple or maybe mess around with some credit spreads, which, by the way, in the prime program, we're going to talk about credit spreads. Credit spreads are a great way to make um, a decent income off of a smaller capital base, but they're also very risky. If a credit spread shifts against you, it can it can really just feel like getting a knife in your stomach. <laughs> like, I don't know if anybody's ever done that. Mess with the credit spread. But yeah, so you got to be real careful with that. So uh, one one strategy I used that did make money was I did a long term debit spread with Amazon and also with um, what was it uh, Amazon and Chipotle and a couple other companies that I felt like that I felt were going to recover strongly back in 2022 and that I made a decent amount of money from that right so uh, sometimes you if you have the right answer the hard part about investing sometimes is that you may know that a that a company's undervalued you may have a strong instinct that that's the case but you may need to wait until the, the truth gets revealed. It's almost like, it, you know, you, you maybe you have somebody that's like making bad decisions and, and you know, eventually the chickens are going to come home to roost. So the consequences are coming, but you just don't know when it's kind of like that with stock. You know, when you see people engaging in risky behavior, there are people that know that have an understanding of history to the point where they're like, oh yeah, this is going to, this is going to bite you in the butt, but you can't tell them. You just got to wait for it to happen. So I knew Chipotle and, um, Chipotle and, and Amazon were going to recover. I just didn't know when. So what I did was I bought, I did the, uh, the, the debit call spread and I gave myself like a year and a half. And the, the thing that upset me, the only, the area where I got it wrong was I didn't need a year and a half. I, I only needed about three months and then the, and the stock price shot way past the strike prices. 
But then what happens with a debit with a debit spread is that you need time. At that point, you have to let all the time expire so that your strategy fully works. So by me selling early, if I if I'd done that, I would have ended up losing. Like let's say the total strategy would have made me say thirty thousand dollars. Um, in the first three months, because the the price went up so high, I'd made like twelve of that thirty thousand. And what would happen literally is because of the difference in the time decay of the stock options, it, that twelve thousand would have grown to thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, all the way up to thirty. Almost, almost like letting a C, a, a savings bond mature or buying a CD at the bank and waiting for it to mature. And so I was kind of mad because I bought more time than I actually needed. And remember, when you invest, you're buying time. Time costs money. Risk can be exchanged. Risk has a financial value. All these things have financial value and you're, you're moving around with money. All right. So one thing I want to mention to everybody is that Amani is in the chat and Amani's on our customer support team. She can help you with any questions that you have. If you have any issues at all about anything going on in the Black Business School, just uh, email. Keep this email address around because uh, we love hearing from you and our customer support team. Uh, the email address is support at theblackbusinessschool.com. T-H-E, support at the blackbusinessschool.com. They will take care of you. They will make sure you're happy. They will make sure you're good. They will work with you. They will give you suggestions, advice, whatever you need to make the next move. And when I say advice, not financial advice, because we can't do that, but we, uh, but they will give you information on uh, what training your family can get. And we're really good for the whole family. That's one thing that makes us better than these universities and HBCUs and all that is we literally believe that your children should be part of your educational process because wealth should be a family thing. Wealth should not just be something that one person is doing and everyone else is just sitting there watching. No, wealth should be something you do together as a family. And there are fun ways to do that. Like our family, we do stuff together. Like my wife and I run our businesses together. She's literally in the other room right now seeing clients. And uh, and also we do this financial therapy thing. And uh, and so we work on that together. But then also when we take trips together uh, to work on stuff or go to conferences or whatever it is, uh, we, we, we involve the kids. So if you come to the All Black National Convention, for example, you saw our kids. Our kids are all there because we want them in the culture. We want them inundated in the culture. And a lot of the time that I spend teaching, the same way I talk to you guys every day now, uh, when we do our financial consciousness training, we do that at 10 a.m. Eastern every morning, uh, drboycedaily.com if you want to join us. The same way I talk to you guys every single day. That's what I do with the kids. I'm constantly talking to them because I want them to constantly have their heads just filled up with all this financial information and stuff that they're that, you know, to the point where they're going to know more by 12 or 13 than they would learn in college. Right. And that's what you do. You really want to talk to your family about what you're learning. Don't just keep it all to yourself. It's got to be each one teach one. And then that makes them into better teammates. They have the right values to be wealth builders. So what I want to do actually is um is a couple of things. One, uh, I'm going to share a link and Amani, this uh, this is the link for uh, tonight's Prime 101. We're doing um, uh, a beginner's class on how to sell stock options and make money tonight. Uh, because you're here, you can get a 25% discount by using this link. So Monty, here's the 25% off link. This is also good for uh, members of the book club and stuff like that. So feel free to uh, take a look at that link. Let me open this up. And uh, tonight's Prime 101 class is a standalone class. It's a standalone event, one-day event uh, for beginners. If you're a member of Prime, you do not have to pay. So if you go into drboyceprime.com, the link to join for tonight is totally free. Uh, the other link is can be used for those of you that just want to come in for a day just to, just to learn some basic stuff. When you walk away, you're going to be able to take this information and go make money with that. You'll have enough to get started with that. Now, if you want to continue and, uh, and every week, uh, what we do is we calibrate and I tell you guys what I'm invested in opportunities that I see where I see the money residing, that kind of thing. That's what we do in the, in the prime training. So, uh, but prime one one is for beginners, 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 beginners. So if you are in, in prime and you're confused and you're like, well, how do I start? Where do I begin? Prime 101 is for you. We do that for you guys, but we also allow those of you that want to come in and visit and just see what it looks like uh, and, and do it in a way that's low risk. Uh, you can certainly do that. Uh, so here is the link and uh, the price uh, to join is 129 and the materials are yours for life, all the slides, everything. And uh, also if you, uh, in, with the 25% discount, it drops the price down to about $96. So $96 one time, it's yours for life. 
you can run off of that and use that for the rest of your life, or you can join the prime program. If you'd like, I'll give you an opportunity to do that at a discount. Uh, if you, if you're interested in that kind of thing, stock options are so much fun. I think, I think you're going to really like it. Anybody who's in prime, for example, say something in the chat, like just be honest, tell people what you think, uh, because I, I think it's a great way because what, what, what it is, what's beautiful about it is it solves a specific problem that a lot of us have, which is how do I make extra money? A lot of you have asked me that. You're like, well, I, I want to generate extra cash or if I buy these stocks and they're just sitting there, what do I do to make money while these stocks are while I'm waiting for these stocks to grow up? Well, Prime allows you to make money from the stocks that you actually own. So that's why that's the add on. That's the, the great benefit of it. That's why I love stock options. That's how I make my money. All right. So let's see here. Um, Nelly says, may I please get the discount on the program tonight? night when i tried last night it was too late uh talk to amani nelly and amani can help you uh, i'm not sure which program you're referring to but amani can help you and i know alicia's doing the love and money lab so if you're interested in, in love and money and and anything involving couples and money and should we have separate bank accounts or individual stuff like that she's going to do assessments tonight you know my wife is a therapist and uh and so she's uh, written some workbooks on things like financial anxiety uh working with families and finances and how to basically not allow things like conflict to disrupt your economic uh, plans together. Okay. So feel free to, uh, the, the URL is the love and money lab.com T H E the love and money lab.com. Amani, could you put that in the chat for me? The love and money lab.com and the discount code for that one. If you want to get 70% off that is black love, 2024 black love, 2024. So, uh, Amani, let me know if you're in the chat. There we go. Thank you, Amani. There's, there she is. And the discount code is black love, 2024. All right. So, and it's all one word, all one word. See, Justin says, can you take a look at tor 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 Tormaline Bio? Tormaline Bio. Okay, looks good from both long-term and selling options. Also, it's a very high dividend yield. Okay, Tormaline. I never heard of that company. Let, let's see. And Justin is a, a very consistent guy. I respect you, man. I see you in here all the time. I love I love consistent people. T-O-U-R-M-A. Okay, Tormaline Bio. All right. So let's see. This stock... Uh, it's a young company. Uh, it's, made, it's gone up 50% in the last year, so high action. Tourmaline is a late-stage clinical biotech company which engages in the development of medicines for patients with life-altering immune diseases. Okay, And uh, it's, um, let me see here. Now, uh, okay, insider sentiment is positive, and analysts like this stock. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if you added it to your portfolio. Biofarm or, uh, you know, biotech companies, though, remember they have that jump risk we talked about where they can just jump on you. And, uh, you know, but if, if it's money that you don't mind, that you don't mind putting at stake, you know, then, you know, why not take a look at that? And you never know, maybe it'll, it'll, it'll double. You know, they may have some clinical trial that they're waiting on the results for. And a lot of times when biotech companies get positive results in their clinical trials, that's when you'll see the stock move a lot. Uh, when selling stock options with family members, how are you allocating funds to each individual family member that's interested in investing in options with you? Um, you know what? I would say that if you did something like that, I, I would do it in a way where you just split the money up. You just agree on a strategy together. Um, if you log in at the blackstockmarketprogram.com, there's a training on how to form a family investment club. And one thing about a family investment club is that everybody has to be involved in the decision. You can't have one person doing all the work and everyone else just standing there and watching. You all have to kind of vote on the decision. And, and, um, and when you do that, it just becomes a, a, a just a, a split based on who's invested the most money. So if we put together, if we pull together $10,000 and one cousin puts in 80% of the money, well, that cousin should get, in my opinion, 80% of the profit, I, you know, and 80% of the loss uh, because they're taking 80% of the risk. Um, unless you decide in your family that you want to have different rules for that. Maybe, maybe your family members you're investing with are your kids and you want to give them some sort of a stake too from, from educational purposes. But, uh, but yeah, but I've seen, I've seen families, I've seen fam people quit their jobs by selling stock options and stuff like that. But, but it, the hard part about it is building that capital base. If you build that capital base, that that'll get you uh, where you want to be. It just takes time. What are your thoughts on SoundHound AI ticker S O U N S O U N? Okay, SoundHound. Would I? How about this? The, so the, the the key answer, the key question that will be asked when you guys ask me about a stock is, would Doctor Boyce buy that stock? Um. Okay. So this stock has gone up a lot. It's gone up eighty one percent this year. 
They engage in the development, ownership, and commercialization of voice, sound, and natural artificial natural language artificial intelligence technologies. Okay, so this is an AI company. Um, they start. They've just started. They were making money back in. Wait, wait. No, that's not right. Sorry, I got that wrong. I was trying. I, I was looking at hedge fund investment. I thought that this was profit loss. It's not okay. So they're losing money. You got to be really careful about companies that are losing money because. When companies are losing money, that's um very risky. Uh, but you know, it's an AI company. It's uh, it looks like most of its valuations built on the potential of this company. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, it's you know, and and I would be careful. It's a three dollar and eighty nine cent stock, and I'd be really careful about being overly tempted by stocks just because the price is low. Because remember, you can buy fractional shares. You don't have to pay the whole price. Um, in order to to get the you know to get the stock, um, you can pay just ten dollars or twenty dollars and still buy a piece of a four hundred dollar company, and you'll still get the same ownership. You'll still get ten twenty dollars worth of ownership. It's not like you're getting a smaller piece of ownership just because the stock price is higher. Companies can artificially manipulate their stock price, and they can they can decide. Okay, you know what? We don't want to have a a $400 stock, we want to have a $40 stock. So all they have to do then is do a stock split. But that doesn't change the valuation of the company, right? It doesn't change anything that actually matters. It's just, it's like taking a pizza that has four slices and saying, you know, we imagine somebody had a pizza and it was sliced in four pieces and somebody said, let's make it a bigger pizza by chopping it into eight slices. That doesn't make it a bigger pizza. That just maybe gives the illusion that it's a bigger pizza. If people don't un understand what actually happened there, or maybe it allows you to split the pizza among more people, but it doesn't make it a bigger pizza. Do you understand? Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit here and um, give you guys some insights in terms of what I'm seeing in the market. Now, here's an article from Goldman Sachs, and Goldman has basically raised their S&P 500 target to 5,200. And they're basically mentioning strong earnings as the catalyst. It says here the Goldman Sachs raises S&P 500 target at, for end of year to 5,200 in anticipation of stronger than expected earnings. So that that's an important term, stronger than expected. Because if it was expected, then the price would already adjust for that. Everything that's expected is already in the price. It's the unexpected stuff. It's the unknown stuff. It's the stuff you didn't know that was going to happen that becomes the ultimate driver in stock prices, not the stuff that you knew was going to occur. Like, for for example, if ExxonMobil uh, you know, makes another billion dollars or so tomorrow, if everyone knows that they're going to make a billion dollars, then you can't profit from that because the stock price is already adjusted for that. But if they make a surprise billion dollars tomorrow, that's a different conversation. It says here, we raise our year-end S&P 500 index target from 5,200 uh, to 5,200 from 5,100, representing 4% upside from the current level. Says David Costin, chief U.S. equity strategist at Goldman Sachs, he wrote in a note late, late Friday. Our target upgrade today reflects an improved earnings outlook. So they believe that earnings are going to be stronger for S&P 500 companies, and they expect uh, that the stock market is going to benefit uh, this year. And, and so, uh, so th this what if if you believe in Goldman Sachs and they, and you have no reason not to, they're they're pretty smart people then there are there is evidence to say that this market is going to go up. What do I believe? I believe that it is. I believe that this is going to be a strong market this year. I believe that there, there's going to be a lot of stuff that has a certain price now that you won't be able to buy for this price a year from now, uh, starting with simple things like Bitcoin. It's, it's as clear as day that Bitcoin at 52000 or whatever it is right now, I have no doubt in my mind that by the end of this year, Bitcoin will be chasing 60, 70, 80,000. Um, again, I could be wrong though. Don't forget though. Don't forget because sometimes we can be confident and we can still be wrong, but all the fundamentals point to an increase in the rise of Bitcoin. So if you want to make easy money, it's right there in front of you. I would consider taking a look at Bitcoin. This is not advice, but this is just what I'm going to do. Um, it says here also, our target upgrade today reflects an improved earnings outlook. The upgrade comes on the back of stronger than expected fourth quarter earnings uh, this year. Costin noted companies are on track to grow nearly earning 7% on a yearly basis, higher than analyst expectations of just 3% growth when the season started. Given this, the strategist raised his S&P 500 
earnings per share forecast to 241 from 237 previously due to increased optimism for the U.S. economy, as well as the ability of mega caps to sustain profit margins. Mega cap companies have been extraordinarily good at making ridiculous amounts of money. And it's really interesting because a lot of it is heavily dependent on the uh, the spending addiction of the American consumer. American consumers are seen as resilient. Another term for resilient is might be just stubborn or addicted or just programmed to consume like crazy. Uh, and so what they're finding is that the American economy is roaring because Americans give their money away to companies very quickly and easily. Um, the Japanese economy, on the other hand, is shrinking because Japanese people save their money. So so it's kind of a weird thing that the more money you save, the more it slow downs the economy. I remember when uh, the economy crashed back in 07, 08, and Susie Orman went on to Oprah and uh, Barack Obama had just issued these massive stimulus checks to everybody. And Susie Orman upset the Obama administration because she went on Oprah and told everybody to save the money. And they were mad because they didn't want everybody to save the money. They wanted everybody to spend the money to put it right back into the economy. So that's kind of what you're what you're dealing with. Um uh, and also what's interesting is that companies are getting away with things like what they call shrinkflation. Shrinkflation, uh, it reminds me of this weekend. I went and bought a box of, uh, of, of Frosted Flakes at the grocery store, and I, I brought it to the house. We were all in this Airbnb, and I was there with some people from the Urban Youth Racing School and, and uh, our son Quincy and LeVar Scott, that race car driver I told you about because we went down to the Daytona 500. And when, we, when I was down there and I bought this box of Frosted Flakes, it was gone in about two hours because I think three bowls of cereal had been made or four bowls. And, and they said, wow, I can't believe that that whole box is gone. And I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, companies have done this thing called shrinkflation. Shrinkflation is where they instead of increasing prices like they needed to, they decided, hey, I wonder what would happen if we just charged the same price and gave people less product. Like what if we just gave them, you know, it gave them 2.8 ounces of of coffee instead of three ounces like we used to and charge them the same price. So when they did shrinkflation, they found that shrinkflation worked. Their excuse for shrinkflation was it's a pandemic and the supply chain's all messed up. And so we have to do this in order to maintain our profit margins. But then when the when the pandemic ended and they didn't have to do it anymore, well, you really think that corporate America is going to give money back? They don't get rich by giving money away. They don't go backward. They 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 kept doing it. So this is this is what you're dealing with, and uh, not everybody's with it. In France, there's a grocery store that got so upset with with uh, the PepsiCo because they had done this shrinkflation thing that they said we're not putting your products in our stores. And so if you go to some of the, the, the to this particular French grocery store chain, I forgot what it's called, and you go look for any PepsiCo products like Doritos and all the other crap that they sell. They'll have a little sign that just says that because of unreasonable price increases, we are no longer offering this product. So that's the story in terms of how these companies are maintaining their profits. Another big driver has been AI. Uh, AI is making an insane amount of money for a lot of major companies. There is uh, a tremendous uh, opportunity potential there. The problem with AI companies that makes them very risky. Like I know that we love Nvidia, and a lot of you saw Nvidia uh, pretty much double in price and all that stuff. And I did too. I owned a lot of shares. I was really happy about that. Uh, is that AI is priced to perfection? Nvidia is priced to perfection, and that means that. If, if they don't, they're almost like the New York Yankees or, or or even the Dallas Cowboys when you spend so much money on your team that you have to win a championship in order for people to feel like they got a good return on the investment. That puts a lot of pressure on your team. So the, I wouldn't put the Cowboys in that category just because they're just so terrible. But the, the Yankees might be a better example because the Yankees outspend all the other baseball teams. So people aren't happy that, you know, if they just have a winning season, it's like, no, you need to win a World Series. If you don't win a World Series, then you have failed. So that's the pressure that's on companies like NVIDIA because the price is way just incredibly high. So let me read some of what they have to say about NVIDIA. Here's what Goldman Sachs is saying about NVIDIA. It says, in fact, the strategist expects the fundamental strength of mega caps should continue to boost profits for overall indexes this year, especially if NVIDIA meets expectations when it reports this week. So the NVIDIA earnings announcement, I want you all to pay attention to that. 
because that's going to really rock the market. If Nvidia doesn't make their numbers, that stock is going to get hit like like a like like it got slammed with a hammer. It's going to it's going to it's going to just it's going to just the air is going to pop out of that balloon big time. Um but it's not just going to be Nvidia. It's going to be a lot of companies in that industry. Any company correlated or connected with Nvidia will likely get hit too. So it so it could end up rocking the entire stock market. If it, so here's the quote if NVIDIA reports estimates in line with consensus, the Magnificent Seven, which is these top seven stocks that pretty much make up a, just this alarmingly large amount of the S&P 500 market cap and the market cap of the world, the Magnificent Seven will have grown sales by 15% year over year and lifted margins by 582 basis points per year. That's 5.82%, leading to earnings growth of 58%. He wrote, in contrast, the remaining 493 stocks in the S&P 500 grew sales by only 3% per year, while margins contracted by 56 basis points and earnings fell by 2%. He expects the information technology and communications uh, services sectors, which hold five of the magnificent seven stocks, will outperform this year. So uh, he, he believes that information technology and communication sectors are going to do well this year. He also sees the other stocks in the broad index improve their margins, though not as much as mega caps. We expect demand drivers, including AI growth and consumer strength, will support revenue growth in these sectors, while margins will continue to expand as these companies. Uh, Costin wrote, Costin has raised his 2024 year-end outlook before. In December, the strategist raised his target to 5,100 from 4,700, following a dovish pivot from the Fed that bolstered the interest rate outlook. So dovish pivot means that they were leaning toward actually reducing interest rates when the fed announces or signals that they're going to reduce interest rates that's going to pull your stock prices up all the equations that i taught students about how stock prices are valued basically have a rule in the in the mathematics that says that when interest rates go down stock prices tend to go up money tends to become cheaper the economy tends to get inflated so if there is any sign of a recession or error there's some sort of external shock to the economy like a war in the middle east then you're gonna see the fed probably move a little faster to reduce interest rates which could actually cause the opposite effect in the stock market the things that might push the market down might actually cause the market to go up because we we have an economy that is somewhat controlled in that the Federal Reserve feels that they have the, the godlike power to decide if the stock market is going to go up or down. They claim that they don't do what they do for the stock market. They claim that they do what they do for the whole economy to maintain 2% unemployment and uh, what was it? Full was it full employment and uh oh two percent inflation. Not sorry, not two percent unemployment. Sorry, two percent inflation and uh full employment. That's the dual mandate of the Fed. Those are the two goals that they state. But I'm sorry, I believe that these guys also own lots of stocks, so they don't want to see the stock market crash because that has a huge impact on economic confidence without the throughout the economy, economic sentiment. This is one of the reasons why. Investing in the stock market is such an important thing for you to do. This is one of the reasons why all of you, every one of you, and please give me a yes. Give me, a, Let me know I'm doing something that's helping the world a little bit. Give me a yes if you're investing in the stock market on some level. Please give me a yes that you're doing something. If if, if the and if your answer is no, uh, then I I need that no to turn into a yes. That's my per can you can you please do just do this do this for you, but do it for if you can't do it for you, do it for me. I need you please because I I really want to know that you're participating in the stock market. And the reason I'm asking you, I'm I'm begging you on behalf of your kids. I'm just begging you is because if you've seen what I've seen. There, there's no indicator whatsoever that uh, that that tells you anything other than the fact that just the mere participation in the stock market is one of the leading indicators of whether or not a family is going to have wealth or not. That is that is where the money's being printed, y'all. That's where the money's being made. And and what I want you to do is not be distracted. There's so much, so many distractions. There's so many. And I just so you know, I live on the internet in terms of doing stuff because I like to use the internet as a tool. But I don't hang out on the internet because there's too many stupid people on the internet. I don't argue with stupid people. I don't argue with people that don't know what they're talking about. I just don't. I I, I just don't. It, I, I'm not going to do that. And so what I need you to do is not be distracted by people who don't know what they're talking about and focus on the fact that according to every research study I saw. Just the simple decision to participate in the stock market literally um, 
will 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 increase your wealth. And I see someone mentions that Earn Your Leisure was on Good Morning America. Wow, they do a lot of these mainstream shows. That's pretty cool. Good for them. Yeah, they were Good Morning America talking about black people participating in the stock market. I'm excited because I love what the Earn Your Leisure guys are doing because I know I was a part of that movement very early in the process. And I know them. They know me. I love them. I, I hope they love me. I assume that they do. I don't get to talk to them much, but I saw them with Dr. George Frazier, who was at our convention. So that's another great guy for them to talk to. And so basically, we're all kind of on the same page here. This is one small area a black unity in a cloud of confusion and chaos. One area of black unity is that we all seem to understand that building wealth is a good thing for black people and people who don't agree, people who want to see black people stay poor. Um, I don't, have I'm not even I'm not going to argue with them I'm not there there's a professor that wanted to that from Morgan actually that was that wanted to debate me about it because I think he wrote a whole book kind of just saying that this whole black wealth thing is nonsense and this isn't a solution for black people and and he, he was challenging me to a debate like Apollo Creed like 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 you you're scared to debate me no no, no. and I was like I'm, I'm sorry man this is the black business school. This is not Club Shay Shay. I'm not here to I'm not I'm not here to fight you. Uh I, I can learn from you. If you have better ideas or alternative perspectives, then please share them and I'll listen and I'll learn because I think that we should learn from each other. But I I don't I don't want to be in a rap beef with you. I I don't. I don't I just show me if you if if you don't think this wealth thing is gonna work, that's okay. Just show me a better way. Just give me a better solution. See, you know, I'm, I'm a mathematician, right? So it's simple for me. It's like if you want if you crap on my solution, which may not be perfect, by the way. My, 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 I'm sure my solution has holes in it. Point out the holes, but then fill the holes. Like, you know, kind of give me a better solution, right? That like, let, you know, what do we call it? Um, uh, knives sharp sharpen each other or something, right? Like whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like let's let's help sharpen each other's knives as opposed to using our knives to stab each other. Uh, I, I don't think this is a debate anymore. Uh, people, I, I don't. And 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 so this mere participation in the stock market is a huge hurdle that we have jumped in the black community. We have jumped this hurdle. We are iron sharp as iron. Thank you. I lost my words, but you get the point, Shaquana. Thank you so much. Um, you know, so 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 really, you know, so we've achieved that first goal. We're we're now investing. And we're investing at a rate. Our growth in investing uh, exceeds any other ethnic group in America, which is a wonderful thing. That's amazing. But now what I need you all to do is I need you to put your foot into it. Now that you've gotten into the car, I need you to understand that getting into the car is not enough. If you need to get go to the grocery store, getting inside the car is a great first step. You got out of bed, you got in the car, you shut the door, and now you're sitting at the wheel. Now I need you to drive, and I need you to drive fast. Not too fast, but I need you to drive fast enough that you're going to actually move forward. And, and so what does that mean? Well, look, if you're investing, if you're tiptoeing into, into stock market investing, that's going to make a difference for you, but it's not going to really make the kind of difference for you that I would like for it to make. Um, I don't want you to tiptoe in investing. Why? Well, because when you budget your money, the most important line item in your budget should be this this thing called you, this thing called your future, this thing called your family. And so what a lot of people do is they will spend, 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 and they'll pay bills. And then they'll try to invest whatever little money is left over. And that might be $50 out of two or 3000 bucks that they spend doing other stuff. Well, I don't have, you know, I don't really have any money to invest because I had to go to the mall and I had to get some shoes and a new iPhone. And so here, but here's $50 to invest. So now that I can say I'm doing the right thing, that's okay. That's all right, though. There's nothing wrong with that because I kind of do that when it comes to exercise. Don't tell my wife, but she goes to a boot camp where there are these mean white people that tell her what to do and they, she's running and jumping and doing pull ups and, 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 and tug of war and all that. And I'm in, I, I go to, I go down the street to Planet Fitness and I just kind of uh, trot on the treadmill, you know, and, 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 read read my phone and and you know so so i kind of i, I kind of i'm kind of technically exercising i'm not gonna ever be prepared for the olympics by training by working out like that so so i get it i understand right so there but but it's a good first step it's a great first step but but what i need you to do is to understand when it comes to your wealth there's a difference between you and you investing small amounts of money that you have left over or treating investing like it's an afterthought versus making investing a critical and significant part of your budget I think that should be a significant part of your economic strategy overall. I don't think I, I in fact, my goal is that one day you get to the point where um, investing for yourself and for your family is just as important as paying the car note, pay, paying the rent, 
paying everything else. Now, I'm not saying buy stock before you pay the rent You got or, or the mortgage. You, you got to have a place to live. I'm not telling you to do anything crazy, but I want you to really want it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I really want you in there. Like, I really want you like in there, you know, and in there means, you know, look, it, you know, if I, if I invest $25 when I know I could have really done 125, then go ahead and push to do the 125. You know, you're making yourself into a wealthy person, a uh, wealthy people. That's what they do. They accumulate assets and they accumulate in a, in a greedy way, in a hungry way, you know, not in a bad way, not, not in greed as an evil, but just like, I want to own stuff because the more stuff I own, the more assets assets I have. The more assets I have, the more of a financial cushion I have, the more financial security I have. So don't just build a tiny little house. I want you to build you an economic castle, right? So, so when you get in there and you get in that habit of buying your stock every week, see if you have that space to increase that weekly investing budget by maybe 10 or 15% and, or, or maybe start that side hustle and just say all the money, 50% of the money from my side hustle is going to go toward my stocks toward my investing. Some of you that are in the prime program, uh, that, that, uh, I have heard you tell me that you take the extra cash you generate from selling stock options and you're putting it into your real estate assets, or you're putting it into your, your long-term stock ownership, things like that. Just find, find something, right? Be committed to that idea that of, of building the side hustle, working with the family, maybe having the family business meetings. Uh, if you can't be about it just yet, that's okay. Just talk about it. If you can't be about it, talk about it because that's the first step to being about it is to talk about it. So that means, uh, getting together with family and saying, okay, we're going to talk once a week and we're going to figure out how we're going to generate extra money. Where are our opportunities? And the more education you have, the more, this is where financial literacy helps you. The more economic insight you have, the more you just know where the opportunities are. You just know where money can be made. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a, I, this, is what, this is what I promise you right now. Your next $100,000 million dollar opportunity is probably right in front of you. You just haven't been trained to see it yet. I guarantee you there are, there are people that have keen economic insight and financial consciousness such that if I put them exactly in the situation you're in, they would see money where you don't see it. They just, they would. Because this is, so this is why gaining your economic sight is so important because I want you to see the wealth that is around you. You're surrounded by possibility, but you have to learn how to see it. Okay. So, so anyway, um, we do our financial consciousness training every morning. Some of you came from that just now. If you'd like to join us, just go to drboycedaily.com. Feel free to join. We do this every single morning, seven days a week, 10 a.m. Eastern, every single day, because we want to get in the habit of talking about our economics every day. All right. So let me uh, answer some more of your questions. NVIDIA just bought a large share in the company, S-O-U-N. Oh, did they? Did they? Okay. Did that push the, is that what pushed the stock up? Uh, if they bought a big stake, that is a, a vote of confidence for the company for sure. But it also could mean that the stock price has already reflected, moved to reflect the investment of NVIDIA in this company. Uh, but one thing that could be a benefit is maybe NVIDIA has something up their sleeve that they can do with this asset that hasn't been done yet. And maybe that hasn't been factored into the stock price. So there is still a chance for the stock to go up. Uh, let's see here. What is your call today? What are your thoughts on the APLD? Uh, that's applied something. Applied. I got to. I got to look it up again. Uh, I bought an out of the money call option with a seven nineteen expiration date with a break even of six dollars. How do you feel about APLD? Well, let me let me look it up. Let me see here. APLD. How do I feel about APLD? Um, APLD. Uh, what are my initial thoughts? I think I think applied digital. Oh, applied digital. Yeah, yeah. That was um. That, I think we made some money on Applied Digital, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. I forget. Yeah, I think it went way up. It looks like it's dropped a little bit. But, it, yeah, it went up pretty good uh, earlier in the year. Okay, Applied Digital. Um, do I like the stock? Yeah, I think it's good to have in the portfolio. Um, remember, though, uh, I would I would make sure that you um, diversify. But uh, now, as far as hitting that strike price of the break-even $6, yeah, Bage, you got a ways to go for that. Um, but anything can happen. I mean, this company, what do they do? They're a tech company. With these tech companies, they have so much volatility. Uh, maybe this week you'll see the price drop, and then next week it could just skyrocket like crazy. I don't know if anybody paid attention to Coinbase. Coinbase stock has just been like the Exorcist movie or something because Coinbase went berserk last week. Uh, and it, it just really was like a lot of fun riding that Bronco in terms of dealing with the stock options and all that. Um, but the let's see, Coinbase literally uh, in this month it's gone up thirty, almost thirty percent, twenty nine percent. It's at one sixty eight. But 
just a few days ago, it was as high as 190. It was as high as 190. And a month ago, it was as low as 117. On February 6th, what's this, February 12th? So two weeks ago, it was at 117. <laughs> so it was at 117 not long ago. Now it's hovering at 168. And then it's been as high as 190. So uh, so Coinbase is one of those companies that you can really do well as far as selling options, uh, buying the options. I, I don't buy any options on Coinbase just because I think they're too expensive. But uh, also, I own a lot of shares of Coinbase just because I just want to own that stock as Bitcoin goes up. Because I do believe that as Bitcoin goes up, Coinbase is going to go up with it. Uh, let's see here. What do I think? Oh, what do I think about NVIDIA? Uh, will it correct? Will it split? Um, I think it could correct, but I don't know what the correction is going to look like. I don't know if that means that the price is going to drop or what. Um, I also uh, don't know much about a split. So... Um, let me see here. And by the way, uh, Maurice, uh, do me a favor. And uh, uh, we we ask everyone to not solicit, um, you know, uh, businesses and stuff in the chat. Um, uh, we like the chat to be centered around what we're doing in class. Uh, and so if you want to, but 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 send us an email to support at the blackbusinessschool.com. And if you want to do a partnership or something where we can help to promote what you have going on, just let us know. And the reason we have to to restrict that is because we can't, if we let one person do it, we have to let everybody do it. And so, um, if, but if you email support at the blackbusinessschool.com, they can work something out where we can help you to promote your platform. Uh, let's see here. How do you feel about selling calls and puts on C3.ai? I love it. It was one of my favorites. I had it for a really long time. I don't know if it's um if it's still up there. Uh, it, it, I sold my shares, but it wasn't because I disliked it. It's just because I found better uh, places to put my money. But yeah, that's a good one as far as like the the options market. Uh, let's see here. I need more money to invest in stocks. I have 15k in my Roth just after two years. Good for you. Uh, also have 7200 Robinhood. I'm up, up, up. Need to fund my Roth from 2023 and now 2024. Thank you for not being selfish and sharing information in the beginning. Many of these stock clubs want too much and tell you to get in after the stock has already run up. I plan to come to the conference this year. When will it be? Okay, so congratulations, first of all. I'm very happy to hear you're making money. That's what I, I, I just, that just makes me feel better. Um, uh, and uh, the conference, the convention is the All Black National Convention, which is going to be October 25th through the 27th in chicago it's at right outside of chicago in a city called lombard lombard illinois so if you would like to attend uh just go to allblacknationalconvention.com that's allblacknationalconvention.com we're almost out of tickets so uh it's it's a great place to network it's a great place to learn it's a great place to meet like-minded people and uh, our goal is not to have a big gigantic event with thousands of people because we feel like that can get a little bit uh, difficult where it's hard to you can't speak to the speakers and all that. Uh, we keep the convention deliberately uh, to five to seven hundred people. And so that's why we're going to sell out. So if you'd like to come to the convention, it's going to be in the West in a very nice hotel uh, right at, right in Lombard. And it's a beautiful area. Nice mall next door. It's like it's one of the nicest neighborhoods in America, actually, next to um. Uh, I forgot the name of the town that is next to, but uh, Naperville, next to Naperville. So feel free to uh, go to allblacknationalconvention.com. All right, so let's see here. Um, uh, okay, so Amani, take Veronica's comment and get that to Micah, please, if you could, because uh, I want to make sure Micah gets that taken care of. So um, let me know that you that you see Veronica's comment in the chat. Uh, let's see here. Just to confirm, you purchase options using E-Trade, Correct. Yeah, sometimes I do, but I also, when we talk about selling options in Prime Class, we use Robinhood. All the examples we use on Robinhood. So if you are curious about Prime Class, uh, it's a couple ways you can learn more. As, uh, today, we're doing at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, we're doing an introduction to selling stock options, how to generate income selling stock options. We call it Prime 101, and the URL is drboyceprime101.com. And also, here's a link where you can actually get 25% off if you'd like to join us tonight. And all the materials are yours for life. And uh, you can actually go in there right now. There's actually stuff in there right now you can get started with. So there's that that URL. All right. And so uh, let's see here. So a couple more things. Let me finish this content about the market right now, what Goldman Sachs has to say. I think this is interesting. So uh, this prediction uh, that the S&P 500 is going to go up. So overall, most strategists do not agree with Goldman. They actually believe the S&P is going to hit 4,900. He said 5,200. 5, 
uh, the on a median basis, when they look at the median, not the mean. The mean is the average that can be weighted down by extreme observations. The median is where you take the whole population and you find the one right in the middle. So the very middle observation is about 5,100. So most analysts expect that the market's going to go up to, the S&P's going to hit 5,100. Goldman is a little bit more optimistic. Uh, they said also 80% of the S&P 500 companies have reported earnings. 76% of those companies beat their earnings expectations. That's a big deal. Uh, it's supposed to be 50-50. 76% beating their expectations means that analyst, analyst predictions have been a little bit off. They're, they're underestimating the power of this economic engine. So what's happening right now is that the U.S. economy is shocking the uh the analyst world it's kind of surprising everybody because everybody thinks that the market's going to go go up a little bit but it's actually going up a lot and it's moving a lot and uh, and now here's the thing though you know this makes me very very nervous actually because what goes up does come down and at some point there has to be a correction at some point the the gravy train is going to end and so uh in my view while everything is sort of uh you know popping and in great uh, this might be a time to go ahead and hunker down and get either get some put options in place or or some stop loss orders in place. All that, if you log in at the blackstockmarketprogram.com, all that information is there, how to do that. Uh, but do some things that are, or maybe sell a few shares. If you have a stock that's kind of going crazy, first thing I do when a stock really goes crazy is I sell a little bit. Just take a little bit off the table so that you're not risking all of your all the money that you've gained. Because if you look at Coinbase, right, this past week, Coinbase just did a freaking circus trick in front of everybody and went up just by an insane amount in a very short period of time. It went up as high as 190. Well, since that time, Coinbase has dropped back down to 168. So if it hit 190, the first thing I believe a person should do, the first thing I did was I said, let me sell some of this while the getting's good. Not to say that this stock is automatically going to go back down. What goes up doesn't automatically come back down. It's easy to believe that, but that's not the case. Uh, it's I So I didn't sell because I knew for sure that it was going to go down. I sold because I knew that it was possible that it was going to go down. Do you understand? So you don't have to know what's going to happen to prepare for what might happen. Do you follow the difference there? Do you understand the difference between the two? So so I don't know. No one has a crystal ball. I, I studied the finance. I studied the stock market a long time. Nobody knows what a stock is going to do. For all I know, Coinbase could have been on the beginning of a rally of epic proportions. They could have hit 190 and kept on going to 200, 250, 300, 350. They could have kept going to the moon. But I didn't care about the moon. I wasn't thinking about the moon. I was trying to I was trying to keep from crashing back to the ground. Right. So so as, as an investor, mindset is critical in terms of thinking about like what are you doing and why? What are you doing? Are you are you are you positioning for something better or are you protecting yourself from something bad? And and when I'm investing, uh, feelings and, and thoughts really are important. Emotions do matter in investing. You, you can't invest in, in, in an emotionless way. You're not, you're human, right? So as a human being, the question I think a person should ask when they're investing is, what am I afraid of? What am I worried about? What bothers me? What am I concerned about happening? Or, or what do I want? What am I afraid of and what do I want, right? And and and, and does do, the thing that I want overwhelm and exceed the thing that I'm afraid of? Because sometimes you want something so bad that you're willing to risk a little bit to get it. You're willing to risk it all to get it, right? But sometimes you're so afraid of the negative outcome that you're willing to defer what you want a little bit just to make sure you're protected from a calamity because you got it good, you made some money, and you don't want to be greedy. Do you understand? And different people react in different ways. So when Coinbase went up uh, to 190, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, woo, yeah, let's have a party. Look at all this money we made. First thing I'm thinking is what adjustment do I make now? Oh, you know what? Let me share. Let me sell a few shares and just take some of that money and just put it over here. Just protect it from the fact that this stock might go down because I realized that I was afraid that this 190 push was going to be an overreaction, which happens in the market all the time. The market notoriously overreacts to the upside and to the downside. To the upside, it goes way up. And then the market's like, whoa, wait a minute. We had some irrational exuberance. We went kind of crazy here. We sobered up now. We thought the stock was 190. We Actually, 170 is really kind of what we were thinking, but we kind of went bananas, right? And then also to the downside, you have what you call a dead cat bounce. The dead cat bounce is when everything crashes and it just it's like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. The house is burned down. What are we going to do? Oh, Lord. And it's like, oh, okay. It's it's not so bad. 
Okay, we pushed the stock down to 40. Really, we probably should have stopped about 45 or 50. Okay, you know, and it's, it, it's, so it's really a lot like life. You know, when you get in an argument with your friend and, and you don't regulate your emotions and you slap your best friend in the face and, and you, uh, you kick him in the balls and you're like, man, later on you're like, dang, dude, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to kick you like that. I, you know, that was not me. I, I apologize. I really like to be your friend. You know, can I take you to the hospital, buy you some ice cream, you know, whatever, right? You you try to fix it because you realize you overreacted, right? And in fact, actually, it's so funny how investing is so similar. Like we created that black financial therapy department. I'm very proud of the fact that in the black business school, we're the first, uh, we have the first ever black financial therapy department because you'd be amazed at how many tools therapists have are wonderful for investing. Because one of the things that therapists teach you about relationships is that this is this might be why you got that divorce or why you broke up with that woman that you really loved or whatever, is that what happens is when you get emotionally elevated, when you're mad, it, you know, you're going to say stuff that you regret. You're going to say you're going to scream and holler. You're not going to hear each other. And then you're going to say crazy stuff to each other that you can't take back. And then next thing you know, things will be irrevocably broken. And what therapists teach you to do, what my therapist taught me about and, and what uh, I learned just from reading books is that you have to have a point where you have a timeout. You literally if so, this is a little bit of Uncle Boyce information, but it's about investing still because your greatest investment are things that don't involve money, which is investments like of your life into other people. Whenever you get in a situation where you get heated with another person that you love, take a time out and go think, just say, say, look, you know, I, I need to walk away for a little bit before I say something I regret. Um, I'd like to talk to you about this later, but right now I, this is not the time. I hope that's okay. And that will save so many relationships. And let me explain how this relates to investing. Let me explain how this relates to finance. Let me know. Give me a yes if you're following me. Please let me know that I'm not going on too much of a tangent. I want to make sure this adds value for you. There is something in the stock market that they have called circuit breakers. And all a circuit breaker is there for is to shut it down if the market starts going crazy. If investors start getting emotional and they start freaking out, they start panicking, they start going berserk, well, the circuit breakers kick in and they stop trading on the stock. There are rules like, okay, this stock moves more than 10%. We're going to we're gonna go ahead and just shut it down. We're going to shut down trading. And the reason they do this is because they need people to calm down. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, we know you want to keep selling, but we need you to like relax. We need you to take time, breathe, absorb the information, make sure you're not overreacting. And then we'll come back and we'll trade in a more orderly fashion. Because one of their goals in this well-functioning stock market that you have, you have one of the best markets on earth in America, whether you believe it or not. I know we, we're trained to believe everything terrible about America, but all everything ain't terrible. You have one of the best functioning stock markets on the planet. That's why so many people around the world put their money here. Okay? It's, it's their goal is to maintain an orderly market. Orderly means that, you know, that that you just kind of you don't need people going bananas and 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 losing their stuff and because here's the thing though because the thing about risk risk is a funny thing I studied risk extensively I I, I did a lot of I edited a textbook by a guy named Renee Stoltz who is one of the leading risk management experts on the planet I did this during my PhD program so I've thought about risk a lot and one thing about risk is that risk is very emotional risk is really emotional there's some risk that is very real and you see it. Like um, when one time there was a guy that was twice my size and wanted to beat me up and I and I knew the risk of me running my mouth to this man and and I and I knew it might result in me losing all my teeth that day. And for some reason, I still kept talking. This is when I was 20 years old in college. So that was a risk I was aware of. I knew it was right there. I took the risk and it worked out because he didn't actually want to fight me. Right. We just you know went back and forth. But then there's the risk you don't know. Like you might not know that somebody is trying to break into your house and steal your stuff and kill you, right? That risk might be lurking in the bushes and you don't know what's even there. So you're just going about your day and you're not even worried about risk. And then there's risk that's not there, but you think it's there, right? Like my, my mother-in-law, no matter how much I beg her, refuses to get on an airplane because she swears the airplane is going to fall out of the sky. No matter how much data I give her to show her how safe airplanes are and how rare airplane crashes are does not matter. She still thinks airplanes means death. She's going to die. She gets on a plane. So I can't talk her out of that. So, so risk in the market is similar in the sense that 
there's the known, there's the unknown, and then there's like the unknown, unknown, and then there's the stuff you make up in your head. And all this happens in the market is the prices in the market, mathematically speaking, are trying to take all this information, all this activity and spit out a stock price. They call that in finance, they call that price discovery, just figuring out what the asset should be worth. And, and I can just tell you that the reason you see stock prices move so much is because this is a highly inexact science. It's highly imprecise. Nobody really knows what NVIDIA is worth. They know what you can buy it for. They know what somebody's willing to pay, but nobody knows what NVIDIA is really worth. The only people who know what NVIDIA is truly worth are people that live in the future. So the only way I can really find out what NVIDIA's true value should be, right now, NVIDIA stock price, I can buy a share of NVIDIA for, uh, how, much can I, how much would I pay for NVIDIA? Let me see. I can buy NVIDIA for um, $681 right now. Um, let's see, a year ago, I could have bought NVIDIA for, uh, let's see, 49 bucks. Not a year ago, sorry. In 2020, I could have bought NVIDIA for 49 bucks. Uh, and, and so the people, here's the, here's the thing. The same smart people today who will tell you that NVIDIA is worth $681, most of those people are over the age of four. Most of those people are not in kindergarten. So most of these smart people who will tell you with a straight face that NVIDIA is worth 682 are the very same people who four years ago would have told you that NVIDIA is worth 49 bucks. That's the, the weirdness in the mystery of the stock market. So we live in the future compared to the people in 2020. We have information they don't have. You know, the, the uh, information has been revealed, right? So it, because the information has been revealed, we have more insight into the value of NVIDIA than people in the past. But we have less insight into the value of NVIDIA than people that live in the future. So the same way we would argue that NVIDIA is worth $682.21 right now, someone in the future would definitely disagree with us. And they would be more correct than us because they would have more information than us. See, this is the last point I'm going to make to you guys uh, before we finish up for today. The stock market is driven heavily by information. Information is everything. That's why information can make you rich. Information can get you sent to jail. Having the wrong information at the wrong time can get you sent to prison. That's why Martha Stewart is doing TV shows with Snoop Dogg because she went to jail because somebody gave her information that the public did not have, which disrupted the ability to have an or a fair and orderly transparent stock market. So they sent her to jail to make an example out of her, just like lots of other people, because, the, the, because it affects their money. If they, if, if the risk or if the, uh, the fear of the market, or if there is a distrust of the market, right? Because we, we somehow believe certain people have information, other people don't. Right. So, so, so ultimately information is everything. So, so one thing I'll tell you is that the fact that you're getting, just getting information by taking in financial news every day, sitting here talking to me every day, because I know I'm a weirdo and it's, and I, I love you too. I love my fellow weirdos for being, you know, weird enough to actually care about things like building wealth and all the other things that might be unpopular in some spaces. I have no idea, but, but we sit and we're talking, you're taking in information and this is going to impact your wealth. Wealth and information are deeply connected. So keep absorbing information. That will put you in a better position long-term when it comes to building for yourself and for your family and for future generations. A lot of our people perish due to a lack of knowledge, due to a lack of information. There's a reason why they put people in jail for teaching slaves how to read. So let us let me look at uh, one more question from Therese. Therese is asking about a company called Eaton. Let me um, look up Eaton. And uh, let's see, Eaton, would I buy Eaton? That's the question. Would Dr. Bush buy Eaton? Eaton is, let's talk about what Eaton is. Eaton is a company that uh, they are a power management company, which provides energy efficient solutions for electrical, hydraulic, and mechanical power. Okay, nice. Uh, they've had a big run. They've gone up 58% in the last year. Uh, they've gone up 251% in the last five years. Ooh, look at that. Um, the analysts seem to like it. Uh, it's... Um, there, there's a research report here, by the way, if you want to read in more detail about the company right here inside Robinhood, they have a nice research report uh, that's here. Uh, let's see here. The the fair value, according to the research report, is after updating the valuation model, we raised our fair valuation uh, uh, price to $210 per share. Okay, so the price right now, though, is $275. So what this report is saying that is that they believe that the stock is overpriced. Um, that doesn't mean it's true, though. That does not make it true. Uh, if you like this company, you like the business that they're in, maybe with a stock like this, what would I do? I would probably just wait until 
the stock went down in price. So maybe what I might do is if I'm into options, maybe I sell some puts at a more reasonable price point. It's 275. Maybe I go sell some puts at 250. And that way, if the stock price drops below 250, I can take ownership at a price that I'm more comfortable with. I don't know if I'd buy it at the current valuation because I am a little bit suspicious of stocks that have had major run-ups like that because I'm always wondering if there's um if there's been uh, a little bit of, of an irrational push of the, of the price going upward, right? If it's been a little bit overestimated. And then then generally speaking, when the market's done really well like this, having a little cash to the side is just a good strategy so you can take advantage of opportunities if they, if they arise. So if there's a stock you've been kind of looking at, you know, almost like you're you're a single young man or young woman and and you, you look you want to date somebody, but they got a boyfriend right now, they got a girlfriend right now, and you kind of wait until, you know, wait until they're they're a free agent and then maybe you make your move. Maybe that's what you might do with the stock. So maybe you see a stock and it's priced at 75 and you don't feel comfortable because the stock has gone up so much. Maybe you just sit back and you and you hold on to cash and you wait till it drops to 70 or you wait until that wonderful day where you see a headline that says, oh my God, the stock market dropped by 5% today. Well, that is a great day to go shopping. That's the day where when everybody else is going inside the house because it's raining, I'm going out and with my umbrella and I'm buying as much stock as I possibly can. I tend to not buy stocks after a big run-up, I tend to not buy stocks on a bright, sunny day. I buy stocks on the rainy days when the market's gone down, when everybody's scared, because I'm hoping that for some investors on the other side, that the fear has captivated them to the point where they are letting go of their assets cheaper than what they should be uh, than, than what they should be sold for, and maybe I can go in and get a bargain. It doesn't always work that way, 100%. The best type of investment, investment is buy and hold, at least, say, three to five years, but that is a strategy that's out there so uh feel free to consider that as you make your investment moves all right so uh so uh, let me share with you guys one more uh, link uh if you want to join tonight we are doing the introduction to selling stock options uh, it's called prime 101 prime members get in free so if you are a member of prime do not uh do not purchase a pass you get in free if you want to join prime you can either go to dr boyce prime 10 sorry dr boyce prime.com or you can also if you text the word uh, money to 87948. I'll send you a training called How to Make Money Without Working. You can take a look at the Prime program. Uh, text the word money to 87948. So there's the link where you can get 75 or sorry, 25% off tonight's uh, training. It's going to be eight o'clock tonight. All the materials are yours for life. We also have the materials from the last training available if you're interested. Now, for those of you that are interested in the whole concept of love and money, uh, relationships and money, not just love and money, but relationships and money, whether you're talking about business partnership or any other kind of relationship, my wife is a relationship therapist, and she's going to do uh, the first segment of something called the Love and Money Lab, and that's happening tonight at 8 o'clock. Also, if you guys would like to join that, uh, you can go to theloveandmoneylab.com, T-H-E, theloveandmoneylab.com, and also the link is right there if you want to just click on that second link and take a look. And if you want to get a discount on that, it's a big package of stuff. It's very it's powerful stuff. She wrote entire books on financial anxiety and stuff like that. They can really help you. She's going to do a clinical assessment tonight. For all the students that are in that they come to the class uh, to help you figure out where you are and what you want to work on, and uh, if so, and if you want to get a discount on that, you can actually get seventy percent off that training by uh, using the code word Black Love twenty twenty four, capital B, all one word Black Love twenty twenty four. So go to theloveandmoneylab.com, use the code Black Love twenty twenty four, and you can get seventy percent off. So I hope that helps you. I hope you will consider joining us in the Black Business School for some of these activities, and uh, we want to be there. In your wealth journey and i will see you all tomorrow morning actually for consciousness training as well at 10 a.m so we're doing stuff all the time uh we hope that you will uh continue to join us on this journey because this is a lot of fun for me and i hope that it's helping you and your family so have a good day everybody god bless you thank you so much for listening and i will talk to you all very very soon take care now bye-bye